American Catholic History is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hello and welcome to American Catholic History. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate us and give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Noelle Heaster-Crow. And I'm Tom Crow. Today we're talking about the Italian-German-Spanish Jesuit Eusebio Francisco Kino, the polymath who brought modern farming and cattle ranching to the American Southwest and is known as the Apostle to the Pimeria Alta. He's an intriguing figure because of how accomplished and capable he was and how little anyone thinks of him these days. Right. He has quite a legacy in the Southwest and is on the path to sainthood. Right. So his name is Eusebio Kino, and that's a really unusual name. What's his backstory? Well, Eusebio Kino was born in 1645 in the sovereign bishopric of Trent, which is in modern-day Italy, but at the time was a Germanic nation-state and part of the Holy Roman Empire. His father's name was Kuhn, but he was named with the Italian version Kini, and then once he started working with the Spanish Jesuits, he came to be known as Kino. He was educated at Innsbruck, Freiburg, and Ingolstadt. And after an illness which almost killed him, he joined the Jesuits at 20 years old and was ordained in 1677. His desire was to be a missionary to the East, primarily India and China. But when the time came for him to go do his missionary thing, he was sent in the opposite direction. In 1681, he arrived in New Spain, modern-day Mexico and the American Southwest. His abilities as a mathematician and cartographer made him an ideal candidate to send to the Californias. Right. So Baja California is a peninsula, but at the time they believed it was an island. The Spanish had gained control of, the, of California, but hadn't settled, mapped, and evangelized it yet. So in 1683, he and another Jesuit went west with the group sent to establish a permanent presence on the island. Kino and the other missionary began to evangelize the natives who lived there. The mission was apparently going pretty well, but a severe drought forced the whole operation to be abandoned in 1685, so everyone returned to Mexico City. Kino, however, never lost his desire to see Baja California dotted with missions. But it was not for him to do. His real mission work would be elsewhere, and it would begin two years later. Yes, on March 13, 1687, he was sent northwest to the Pimeria Alta, the area that is present-day southern Arizona and the Mexican state of Sonora to work among the as-yet-unevangelized Pima and Yuma peoples. There have been earlier attempts by the Spanish and by the church to settle and evangelize this region, but the Pueblo Revolt of 1680 had erased all gains they had made, and that revolt was so bloody that the Spanish had no stomach for another go at it for a while. Yeah, there's a lot of background to the Pueblo Revolt, but what it boiled down to was the Pueblo people up in what is now New Mexico got fed up with more than 100 years of Spanish rule based at Santa Fe, enslaving them and ordering them to drop their native religion. So in 1680, the Pueblo rebelled, killed 400 Spanish, and forced the remaining 2,000 to leave. But seven years later, Father Kino rode north, bringing the light of Christ. He would spend the last 24 years of his life crisscrossing the desert region of more than 50,000 square miles, establishing 21 missions, preaching the gospel, teaching the faith, administering the sacraments, and much, much more. Right, because Kino wasn't just concerned for the spiritual well-being of the natives, he also cared for their social and economic well-being. He brought new plants and crops along with modern farming techniques to help their farms to thrive. 
He introduced cattle ranching to this region that today is known for that industry. He started with a herd of just 20 cattle and saw it grow over time to more than 700,000 head of cattle on 19 rancheras. He is considered Arizona's first rancher. He mapped a region 200 miles long and 250 miles wide, and in the process, proved that California was a peninsula and not an island. His maps were so detailed that they remained the primary maps used for the region for about 200 years. And his maps are instrumental in helping get the Jesuits back over to the California Peninsula in 1697, where they did start to establish more permanent missions and cities. He also advocated for the dignity and freedom of the natives. Right. The Spanish colonists apparently hadn't quite learned the lesson of the Pueblo Revolt, so they continued to press the natives into hard labor and slavery on farms and in silver mines. Kino argued strongly against this oppression, and there was great resentment and unrest. Many Spanish farm and mine owners, and even some other Jesuit missionaries who liked the nice life they could find as the head of a ranchera, tried to have him expelled from whichever mission he was living at near them, so he'd stop causing problems for their free labor force. His place as advocate for the oppressed natives came to the forefront in 1695 when a Jesuit missionary was murdered by some disgruntled Pimas. Right. The Spanish authorities sent cavalry north and even reinstated a particular officer who had been relieved of duty for being especially cruel. Kino couldn't stop the initial onslaught, but he did intervene to lessen its severity, and as soon as the worst was passed, he went to Mexico City and went before the viceroy to plead the Pima case. He argued eloquently in their defense, enumerating the indignities and offenses they had endured at the hands of the Spanish colonists. The viceroy was moved, and all further punitive measures against the Pima were ceased. Makino was not able to return to his missions right away. It seemed that enemies among his confreres had written to the local superior in Mexico City with complaints about Kino, so Kino was ordered to stay in Mexico City for a time. That only lasted until a letter arrived from the superior general of the Jesuit order, This letter took into consideration the two major complaints about Kino and found them both wanting. Yes. First, they claimed that he was too superficial in his work. They said that he was too eager to baptize new Christians without making sure they were sufficiently schooled in the faith and knowledgeable of their duties as Christians. Along with this, he would go too quickly from one task to another and one project to another without making sure the current one was well established. The superior general remarked that something like that could have been said of St. Francis Xavier, who was so eager for the mission work he couldn't stop baptizing and doing new things. The superior general said of Father Kino and St. Francis Xavier, quote, We must admit that saints use quite a different yardstick from the one applied with such caution by ordinary mortals. For them, the might of God has no limits. Superior General was comparing Kino to the great St. Francis Xavier. That's a high praise. Right. And further, the Superior General noted, if this really were a problem, he had no doubt that if Father Kino were ordered by a superior to be more diligent and conscientious in his work, he would do so. The second complaint charged Kino with being too severe with his fellow workers. The Superior General dismissed this complaint out of hand, noting that in the correspondence he had received, he had never heard a bad word about Kino and that Kino himself would write with extreme deference and respect for his fellow workers. The superior general then ordered the local Jesuit superior to reinstate Kino in the mission to the Pima and Yuma. This he did. Father Kino returned to the Pimaria Alta and continued building missions. In 1700, he founded the northernmost of his missions near the village of Bach, 
10 miles south of present-day downtown Tucson, Arizona. The parish of the Mission of St. Xavier del Bac is still in operation today, though the present church was built in the 1780s and 90s after the original one was destroyed in a 1770 raid by Apache. On March 15, 1711, at 65 years old, Father Kino became ill while singing the dedication mass for the new chapel at Mission Santa Maria Magdalena in Sonoma. He died later that evening. Of his death was written, quote, He died as he had lived, with extreme humility and poverty. In token of this, during his last illness, he did not undress. His deathbed, as his bed had always been, consisted of two calfskins for a mattress, two blankets such as the Indians use for covers, and a pack saddle for a pillow. Father Kino was buried at Magdalena, and in spite of his sanctity and his incredible contributions to life in that desert region and evangelizing the natives, his memory largely disappeared by the end of the 18th century. It wasn't until the middle of the 20th century that interest in Eusebio Kino resurrected. First, Herbert Eugene Bolton, a noted historian who specialized in the history of the U.S.-Mexico borderlands, wrote a biography of Kino called The Rim of Christendom. Though Bolton was not Catholic, as a historian, he could not overlook the contributions of Kino, and his title, The Rim of Christendom, indicates how Kino went to the furthest western edge of Christendom and expanded it west and north. Bolton's book undoubtedly contributed to a renewed interest among local officials all over the region and among Jesuits. In 1965, archaeological digs began in Magdalena to locate his remains, and when they were found, a shrine was built over them. Also in 1965, the state of Arizona included a statue of Eusebio Kino as one of their two statues in Statuary Hall of the U.S. Capitol. In 1966, the city founded at Mission Santa Maria Magdalena changed its name to Magdalena de Kino. And since then, city streets, schools, other civic buildings, and even natural features in geographic locations have been named in his honor. In 1987, the 300th anniversary of Eusebio Kino going to the Pimeria Alta, both the Mexican state of Sonora and the U.S. state of Arizona organized large-scale commemorations with a group of Tucson, Arizona citizens commissioning three statues for three centuries, three large equestrian statues, one for Tucson, one for Magdalena, and one for his hometown of Segno, Italy. In 1967, the Diocese of Hermosillo, Sonora, began the process for canonization for the Apostle to Pimeria Alta. In 2006, all documentation in support of his beatification was submitted to Rome. Father Eusebio Aquino is now known as a servant of God. You've been listening to American Catholic History on the StarQuest Production Network. If you've been enjoying our podcast, please help us out by giving us a five-star rating and a good review and support the work of SQPN. Your support at sqpn.com slash give helps make sure American Catholic history and all of the StarQuest podcasts remain available. To learn more about Eusebio Francisco Kino, to find previous episodes, and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash history. You can email us at history at sqpn.com or find us on social media at facebook.com slash American Catholic History. Or follow StarQuest on Twitter at SQPN. I'm Noelle Heaster Crow. And I'm Tom Crow. Thank you once again for joining us on American Catholic History on StarQuest. <laughs>